Welcome to the College Football Bros. Playoffs? Let's talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, in this episode, we are going to talk about Selection Sunday. We'll give our thoughts on the playoff field, uh, which bowl games we're most looking forward to. We're going to update the coaching carousel, which, of course, includes new hires. doesn't feel new anymore, but new hires at Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Miami. Uh, but first, let's get to the, the playoff-relevant games from this past weekend and recap those. So we'll start with the craziest one, the most dramatic one, the Big 12 Championship uh baylor oklahoma state what'd you see there trey yeah i mean let's just start with the play of the game that ended up being playoff changing potentially uh when desmond jackson oklahoma state's running back took the handoff at the one on that fourth down i would have bet a lot of money that he was going to score just the way it looked with the angles but it came down to a one-on-one play, him versus the the Baylor safety, and somehow that Baylor safety stretched him out and held him just short. I mean, he reached out. The, Jackson did about all he could. He kept his knee up. He just could not get there. Um, crazy, insane. just insane. Un- I thought he had it too. Finish I thought he had it with with so much on. There's like a screenshot of him with the ball, and you're like, he's gonna score. Uh, but anyways, Baylor, unbelievable. They win the Big Twelve. Um, and they they kind of helped the committee avoid some drama with Oklahoma State would have been that fifth team you wouldn't you would have had to figure out who to who to put in but uh, but as far as the game like sitting back now it was kind of an odd game because you know watching it Baylor really should have won going away they're up twenty one to three uh, they forced Spencer Sanders to throw four picks which really just perfectly encapsulates Sanders kind of career where he just couldn't quite get over the hump in those big games but. Um, but then the defense for Okie State, they like they stymied Baylor because Blake Shapen had like a perfect start, but the second half they did nothing. Um, so overall, though, Dave Aranda, what a job to win a conference championship there. Yeah, it just th- that was the most dramatic thing that ever could have happened. <laughs> that yeah. ending was yeah. just unbelievable because at the time you thought it was for sure like you get this, you're in the playoff. As it turns yeah. out, maybe that wouldn't have been the case because you know Alabama won, but. But at the time, you thought this was for the playoff or not. And that whole drive was just so dramatic. And and they got to, it wasn't just that one play. They got, what, first and goal? They were at the one, right? Or the two, whatever it was. And yeah. they just couldn't punch it in. And the same thing happened, you know, was it, you know, a couple drives earlier where they, they had it first and goal at the one and ended up having to settle for a field goal. So just crazy goal line stance from Baylor. And, but it was just so fun. Like that is just. That was the most fun I think I've had all all year watching college football. Yep, and I uh, mean I don't know who would he th- do you think they would have been in? Like that's that's the tough I, thing. It's close. I think I think no. I said last yeah, week that I, I thought so in too. that in that argument that they would have been in, but the way it happened, them just kind of barely getting by Baylor if they had got that with yep. you know Spencer Sanders not looking good and then Cincinnati kind of blowing out Houston. I think it would have been Cincy still. So I maybe that too. makes Oklahoma State fans feel a little bit better. Yeah, I would. it would make me feel better. I'd convince <laughs> myself, well, we weren't going to make it anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, but moving on to the SEC title, Georgia against Alabama. Tied one 41 to 24, which, you know, a six and a half point underdog winning the game is is not shocking. But I was 
you know, surprised by the way it happened. Alabama's offense just did whatever it wanted through the air against that Georgia defense. And I know Georgia hadn't played an offense like this, but still, I just did not expect them, especially to have zero problems in pass protection. That was what we were so worried about coming into the game and just wasn't an issue. I guess they made a, a couple changes up front and apparently that did the trick. And uh, And Bryce Young was able to, you know, he's 99% chance now yeah. to win the Heisman. Yeah, he's basically got it locked up. 421 yards, four touchdowns, no picks against you know, what we thought just, was maybe the best defense we've seen in a long, long time. Just another Bama Heisman winner here, just yeah. year after year. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, the game, the, the ending score was surprising, but I think the score was a little closer than that. Like, I think the game was closer than the score would yeah. indicate. You know, Georgia had a couple of empty possessions kind of getting into deep Alabama territory. You know, uh, Ben had that pick. And uh, so they, they, they had a couple of possessions where they just really should have come up points, but didn't. So um i don't think Bama's really that much better but i think next if they play again in the 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 title game i think it'd be a great game i think it'd be neck and neck i think the spread would yeah. be pretty close too yeah for sure yeah well and it was crazy because when it, it, georgia went up 10 nothing early in the second quarter and no one saw this coming after that like uh, the tide putting up 41 after that so it's yeah. like the alabama was just kind of saving all their good stuff for this week like unbelievable and it's funny how the narrative really does change michael you alluded to no one was giving their offensive line a chance and then now you know uh hours later it's like people are almost penciling bama in as the national title winner it's just crazy how fast it changes yeah how about uh i was thinking at, at some point in in the end of that game that i was wondering if georgia was going to go to jt daniels not I that know. it was you yeah. know stetson bennett costing them the game but he did have a couple I'm picks pretty right sure I'm pretty sure his arm must have fallen off. Like, I don't understand. Don't understand why JT Daniels isn't getting a shot there? Yeah. I mean, I know I know why you wouldn't maybe start him just because he hasn't been, he's not fresh or anything. But, like, at, there was a certain point where he had nothing to why lose. Not? I would have put him in. I mean, you know, we've seen Saban do that. Saban's been brave enough to, to put in the backup quarterback if he needed it. So, And that would have been a chance, I guess, in sort of a, a more, you know, a less high leverage game than the the playoff right because georgia was going to make the playoff no matter what yeah, of course the they playoff, wanted to yeah. win this game but once they got down uh at the end that might have been a good time to, to see what jt daniels had but i don't know maybe maybe kirby's just like stetson's our guy no matter what so i'm i'm not even going to open that pandora's box i don't know yeah i guess well maybe he will in the semifinal if he needs to we'll see um okay how about uh the american championship ryan yeah cincinnati versus houston these this one's played in cincy uh Cincinnati won this game really in the third quarter. Um, it was a close game. It was 14-13 at half, uh, but the Bearcats just dominated in the third quarter. They outscored Houston 21 to nothing in that in that brief quarter, and Desmond Ritter was good in this game. He was super efficient. Didn't have to throw all that much, really, but he was, he was good when he did. Jerome Ford had a huge game, the running back for Cincy. He had nearly 200 yards and had a long run to kind of spring him open but and since his defense did a good job uh, against houston houston had some success passing a little bit but shut down houston's running game and i mean they since he just kind of did what they needed to do to kind of you know like we said even if it was a five-team race for the playoff they might have kind of put themselves up put themselves up a spot with this kind of good performance yeah and you were kind of alluding to it ryan where 
it was a little dicey at halftime, but yeah. um, then that third quarter, they really showed what they're they're capable of because you mentioned they they outscored them twenty one nothing in the third, but they forced Houston into a pick and three punts with minus eleven yards in the third quarter. And, I mean, and and not and Cincinnati they scored those three touchdowns in the first seven and a half minutes, so they just like they just punched them in the mouth. But uh, but you know. Big picture, like for Houston, everyone's talking about Cincinnati. Like Hogo had them go eight zero in the conference. They won eleven games. That's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, they were building up to this season. He needed a big year this season, yeah. and and he got it. So uh, it was nice that for Cincinnati fans that Oklahoma State had lost before this game happened. So you yeah. knew like when and we're in the playoff. It was there was pretty much no doubt about it. Um, okay, how about the Big Ten Championship, Trey? Not uh, not much drama in this one. Really? No, I mean, Michigan, they won 42-3. to three. You know, and you always worry about a team after winning such an emotional game the week before like they did against Ohio State. Because, I mean, look at, Ohio, or, sorry, look at Oklahoma State this week. They won Bedlam last week. I don't know if they had a hangover effect, but it could have played a role. And it was kind of like, you know, if you want to draw the bigger parallel, it's like the U.S. hockey team in 1980. Like, yeah, they beat the the soviets but it wouldn't have really meant anything if they would have lost the next week to, <laughs> to they brought that like up just like on the telecast oh, oh see i didn't even have the audio on the whole yeah, time yeah so, they talked about that yeah see because like they could have beaten ohio state but then just laid an egg and it really wouldn't have you know mattered as much so but the thing that was crazy is you know this was you know an ass kicking but we knew Iowa's offense would struggle against Michigan, but I didn't really foresee that much success by Michigan's offense against Iowa's good D. So, you know, good for good for Michigan, good for Harbaugh. Man, if I'm an Iowa fan, obviously this ended up record-wise being a great year and you won the Big Ten West, but it's still got to be so frustrating watching that offense. And <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's maybe not likely to change because Kirk Ferentz's son is the offensive coordinator, but any other school... They are, I feel like they're firing that offensive coordinator or, it was or terrible. making terrible. some changes. But it was very frustrating, especially in this game to watch, but really all season. Yeah, and it's not like it's been great in previous years. So, you know, yeah, this, but this was a, this was a rough one. Yeah, how they came up with 10 wins, credit to them, that defense and special teams. And I don't know, they'd, I'd take it, but, you know, that's rough to watch that offense. But I'm happy for, honestly, I'm happy for Michigan. It's been so long, what, since 04, yeah. since they won the conference title and, Harbaugh's got some undeserved kind of, you know, negativity towards him, and he really just shut everybody up. And you know, I'm glad to see somebody else besides Ohio State come out of there. Yeah, we've got some some new blood in the playoffs. So Selection Sunday had pretty much no drama. The only question mark you knew you pretty much knew Alabama was going to be the number one seed. They are. Uh, you maybe weren't sure how two three would shake out, but I think most people expected two seed Michigan. That is what happened. Three seed Georgia. And then, of course, Cincinnati at four. So, Ryan, what's your thoughts on, yeah, on this field? Yeah, two or three didn't even really matter. They're going to play each other. So, yeah. you know, who really who really cares? But, I, I mean, this ended up being very easy for the, for the committee, uh, fortunately for them. So there's not going to be – the good thing is that there's not any um, – really anybody with any gripe. Nobody's going to complain or look back on this and be like, oh, the committee got it wrong, blah, blah, blah. There's none of that. This is just obvious. This is what it should have been. So that that's that's at least a good thing from this year. But matchup-wise, I'm glad Cincinnati's going to switch it up and instead of playing Georgia again, they get to, they get to play Bama. Uh, I think Bama's with – you know obviously their passing game so good. And Cincinnati, if I had a picking team that had the one of the best secondaries to go up against, 
it'd probably be them. So I think that would be an interesting matchup. And uh, but Michigan and Georgia, I, 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 honestly, I'm, I'll be happy with whoever wins that game. That I want to see either of those teams, you know, in the national title. It'd be cool. Ho- hopefully, one of them get it. But that would be another great game. It's crazy how. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Trey. No, you, all you, Mike. Okay, well, how, how like a season plays out and you slowly come to terms with something, and I'm talking about Michigan, it doesn't seem right now that weird that they're in the playoff, but they were they were bad last year. They were unranked yeah. to start out the season, and then they kept winning and winning, so you kind of adjust to that in your head, but it's crazy that Michigan is in the playoff. Harbaugh was supposed to get fired this year. I think before the season when we drafted coaches who yeah. are most likely to be fired, he was like the second or third pick, so... Uh, that's that's pretty awesome for Michigan, and same with Cincinnati. Obviously, crazy that a G five team yes. finally made it, and and the ultimate David and Goliath matchup. That's going up Bama against Alabama. Yeah. You couldn't have scripted yeah. it any better. So I hope it's a thirteen and a half point spread. Uh, so, but I hope they're able to to keep it close. Yeah, well, and like Ryan said, well, Cincinnati might be kind of built for it at least defensively on the back end, um, especially with Alabama losing Mechie, that's one less receiver to, to kind of have to, to man up. Yeah. But, uh, I'm just really curious to see the line play if Cincinnati will be outmanned on, on both lines. But, uh, and then the Michigan Georgia game, like it'll be interest, interesting to see if Michigan's defense can have similar success, uh, against Georgia, like, or, and like, cause will Georgia change it up and, and not make the game fall on Stetson Bennett's shoulders? Like, or will Georgia's defense make McNamara look really bad? Like I, I, that game, I think obviously will come down to the, the well, how good the offenses can play against each other's defense. And it's house money for for Harbaugh and Michigan, right? Like even if you yeah. get blown out, sure you don't want that to happen, but it's still a great season for for Kirby. You beat the Buckeyes won the Big Ten. Boom. Yeah, and they're peaking. They're peaking right now. You, they are. They are. Uh, okay, what what uh, what other bowl games uh, looked best to you on paper? We'll of course preview these in the coming weeks, but uh, just quick thoughts on on any of the bowl games. Yeah, there's there's some good ones, of course. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll say, well, there's two that kind of stick out to me. Just interesting storylines. One would be Oklahoma versus Oregon and the Alamo Bowl, mm-hmm. just because you know they're two teams that really thought they had a shot at the playoff this year and were you know very close, uh, but then they both lost their coach. So <laughs> they both have some interims in the meantime, uh, which will be kind of interesting to watch. And the other one I'm really looking forward to is the sugar bowl with Baylor and Ole Miss. Baylor's really good, kind of tough defense against all, a high fly and Ole Miss and Matt Corral. So that'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Good choices. I, I also had the Alamo bowl there with, you know, Bob Stoops back on the sideline. Yeah. Uh, the Rose bowl also Ohio state against Utah. Utah's playing great to end the season. I don't know if this is true, but there's a lot of rumors that uh, Kyle Whittingham could be retiring after this year. If that becomes Good time the case, to retire. it would be a great time. Yeah, go yeah. win the Rose Bowl and then uh, Boom. and retire. Be great. Even just making it is great. And if if it is his final year, which of course George we don't Costanza, know. it, baby, go out on top. There you go. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. The Rose Bowl will be all red for that one. Uh, I'll look, I'll those, I'll go for someone else. I'll go with, uh, the peach bowl pit against Michigan state, the, the Narduzzi bowl. And it's yeah. actually one of the higher over unders. Uh, it's like 63 and a half right now. And you've obviously got two guys that were in the Heisman mix most of the year. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Kenneth Walker, that'll be uh, a fun matchup. And then I'll, I guess to throw out a different one, I'll say the Fiesta bowl, you got Oklahoma state against Notre Dame. 
both obviously within a whisker of of the playoff as it as it turned out and we kind of will get a maybe a glimpse into what a Marcus Freeman led Irish team yeah. can uh, can look like which is a great segue to the coaching carousel uh first hire there we're going to talk about is uh Notre Dame retaining uh or you know promoting Marcus Freeman their defensive coordinator to the head coaching position what do you think about that one Trey I think it's good. I mean, it's been well documented how good of a recruiter he is. He's learned under Fickle and uh, Brian Kelly the past couple seasons. We know he's led some great defenses. I think Notre Dame's ceiling might have gotten a little bit higher, but there there is the risk because he's never really been the head guy, especially at a place like Notre Dame. Um, I don't dislike the hire um, because I think they could have settled for guys that w- with less potential. Yeah. Um, I I get the hire if I'm Notre Dame, you know, you're keeping it within and every, of course, all the players like him. You can see this from the videos. Oh, that was they awesome. seem to love him, you know, which is great to see, you know, they're going to play hard for him. No doubt about it. Um, but what happened with Luke fickle? Like, did they just rather have Marcus Freeman or were they just like, Oh, we can't lose Marcus Freeman. Cause if we hire fickle, I, like what happened there? I, I don't know. I would love to know what happened there, but it, I'm, here's wild speculation by me. It did seem like they got into a position where obviously Brian Kelly went to Notre Dame and he's trying to to get Marcus Freeman and make him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country. Yeah, and and you know maybe trying to get um, uh, offensive coordinator, the former player there, uh, Tommy Reese, Tommy Reese as well, oh, yeah. and uh, and Cincinnati. You know, Fickle is is still got his season yeah. to play, and he's still got the potentially the playoffs. So. I don't know. I don't know what the timeline was there. If Fickle was not going to be able to get back to them or what, but I don't know. There was some urgency to be like, you know what? If we keep Freeman, we maybe get to keep this recruiting class that we have coming up. We get to keep the offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. Like, let's just try and keep this all together. Maybe they, or maybe they just didn't even want Fickle. I don't know. But it, it yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. I would want Fickle if I was Notre Dame. I think this is a risky hire. You know, I think it's a pretty risky hire. I think it's a little early in a in his career to be the head coach of Notre Dame, personally. Yeah, I it's I think both of you guys make good points. It's it's high risk, high reward. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on here to uh, another guy going. Well, you know, kind of back. I don't know a little bit. Anyways, Oklahoma hires Clemson defensive coordinator. Clemson, excuse me, Thank defensive you. coordinator. Yeah, uh, Brent Venables who. I guess answered the question everybody's been asking for a long time. Does he even want to be a head coach ever? Yeah. There you go. He does. Maybe it just took OU with his old stomping grounds to get him there. So, boom. Uh, what do you think of this, Mike? Yeah, it makes sense. He, like you said, he coached at Oklahoma for a long time. He's been in line to get a head coaching job for many years and just kind of waiting for the the right one. And here it is. Um, you know, you like that he's maybe the best defensive co- coach in the country. He's known as a good recruiter. My typical preference for a blue blood is is to get a you know a proven head coach, but Lincoln Riley wasn't a head coach before he uh, got the job. Neither was Bob Stoops, so they they worked out pretty well. So I can't complain too much. Um, I just personally wouldn't label it a home run hire, but I know a lot of Oklahoma fans do. And hey, that's great. Maybe it'll end up being uh, a great hire. I'm with you, Mike. I'm kind of on the fence. I mean. Being a longtime assistant, I, I just I don't really know what to expect. I mean, his na- name carries a little bit of weight, but in my eyes, it's not home run just because it's probably a downgrade from Lincoln Riley. Um, 
But, you know, we're going to see during the transition if Oklahoma can kind of recruit itself under him, and then will he be able to get them back in place uh, as they transition to the SEC? Some some unanswered questions, but I'm curious to see how it plays out, but I'm not I'm not celebrating right now. Uh, yeah, I like it, uh, you know, because he's, he's paid his dues for so long, and he's been around the game for so long. He's been at, he was at OU for over a decade, so he's got, he knows all the ins and outs, like, I'm not as worried about this. It's not early in his career or anything. So he's proven him over such a long period to, he knows what he's doing. So I, I would, I'm, I, I like it if I'm OU. It makes sense. And the other thing is, I think what will color our opinion of this is who does he get as the offensive coach, as the offensive coordinator? Yeah. Cause you'd think they're going to have autonomy on that side of the ball. And Jeff Levy is the name that, you know, as we record this, it hasn't happened, but that's the name everyone seems to think uh, will be the guy. He's an Oklahoma alum. So, that would be great. I thought that would be a great hire to bring him in from Ole Miss. Yeah, it would. So this year's entire coaching cycle has just been insane. And Miami's is just another chapter in the story, maybe the most bizarre. They ended up hiring Mario Cristobal, getting rid of Manny Diaz. Ryan, what uh, what are your thoughts here? It's kind of a weird situation there with uh, the way they handled it. It's like, you know, kind of oh, you're in a relationship, but don't really want to break up, but you do. And if there's, there's another fish out there that you want, but I'm not going to break up with this one until I know she, the other one's good. Like, it was really weird. <laughs> that, that's a you nice know? little Colin Cowherd uh, metaphor yeah, yeah. there, Ryan. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, anywho, so I wish they would have just... <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would have uh, just, you know, done it the right way. But anywho, great hire though. Yeah. You got to like Mario Cristobal. Miami through and through guy. Born, born and raised, attended their alum. You know, I mean, he, he coached at FIU down the street. So the dude knows Miami. He's a great recruiter. So he'll get Miami back on the bandwagon with that. Interested to see who he fills the staff out with. He's generally done a good job of filling out a good staff. But, I mean, it, there's a reason why Miami ponied up so much money uh, to not only get rid of Diaz, but to bring in Cristobal. Because, I mean, it's it's a, it's a home run hire for them. Yeah, this one I would, I would say is a home run hire. And... Uh, obviously he's, he's doing this because he's going home, but I can also see it from uh, a football sense, like as far as the ceiling at Miami, the sky is the limit at Miami if, if done right. So if they're investing in the program, which it appears they're now doing, they're obviously paying Mario Cristobal yep. a bunch of money They're you know, as we record here there, it's maybe, uh, Dan Radakovich athletic director from Clemson might be hired. So that would be a great hire to kind of bring some stability to the and administration. He's going to have like the highest assistant coaching pool salary, like in the, in the ACC. Yeah. 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 So they're giving Which, him a bunch of money for or that. The Clemson. And um, yeah, so that's that, that shows that there's investment. So with that investment, with that support, you get, you have the, the homegrown talent in Miami that you would think Mario Cristobal is, you know, more equipped than anybody to recruit. It's, yeah, it it could go really well. Yeah, yeah. I the whole the whole thing though with Diaz, like I really wanted to believe that they weren't really just letting him hang out to dry, and it was more just a media narrative. But Diaz even said as much in his like statement as he left, like that he hates how it was handled, and good for him, like it wasn't handled well. Um, but yeah, Cristobal, great. He'll get the the recruits, but I just want to see that staff to see if they can actually develop that that talent. But I like the hire. So where does Oregon go from here? Uh, Oregon, obviously, great job, too. A lot of people think it's a better job than Miami, and, and maybe it is now. I think, I think the Miami job is more kind of high risk, high reward. 
but but Oregon is is very steady. So any names that make sense to you guys? Matt Campbell. His name will always come up. Um, yep. Lane Kiffin would be. I know he just signed an extension i'm not yeah. sure what the buyout is there but that would be a home run if they could do that i don't know if they're interested but yep yeah chip uh, kelly go back to the go back to the chip <laughs> kelly uh, yeah yep his name will come possible. up all the usual names so uh we'll, we'll wait and see there but uh next news we have here louisiana promoted co-offensive coordinator michael desormo to be their head coach good last name for a uh head coach in louisiana <laughs> yeah yeah it is um and it makes sense to me when you're having a ton of success, the program's doing well, you're recruiting really well, you just want as little change as possible. So to promote from within, uh, someone who is, is he's an alum, he, he played quarterback for Louisiana. Um, he was actually, he was there even before Napier. He was the only coach that Napier kept. So that's kind of a good uh, endorsement of him. So why not? Makes sense. Yeah. You, you got to stick with the program if you're Louisiana. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, another huge move from the Zips. Akron uh, is hiring Michael's boy, uh, Oregon offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead. Wow, uh, so this Joe, is like yeah. this is two grand slams of a high. This is Fernando Ortiz <laughs> in one inning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's a good hire for Akron. I mean, Joe Moorhead's a big name. You know, he obviously was the head coach at Mississippi State, and it wasn't like terrible, but he didn't really have success there. And Oregon. Wasn't wasn't super good stint as offensive coordinator, but we're still going back to the Penn State days where he was really good, and the Fordham days, which were amazing. So maybe at a small program like Akron, um, he can get some excitement and maybe get the ball rolling offensively. Who knows? Uh, but I th- if you're Akron, I think it's definitely worth a shot. Yeah, I think he's a little overrated lately, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, Troy hires Kentucky inside linebacking coach John Summerall. And I got kind of two hats here on this one. My rational hat says, you know, whatever. Try and catch a flyer on a, a younger guy. He's been at Troy before, had a role uh, on their team when they had success with Neil Brown. But my my personal hat here says it's an, an incredible hire because he spent five years at my alma mater, USD, University of San Diego, Ooh, helped them boy. win a co- couple conference titles. So Pioneer League champs, huh? That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So was he, uh, was he there when, when uh, Harbaugh was there? Maybe he's younger than that. He was not. It was after they had Ron Carriger, who ended up going to San Jose State, I believe, after that, but, uh, but just followed the Harbaugh days. Mm. All right. Uh, well, next hire we got to get to Fresno State is apparently hiring back Jeff Tedford to replace the outgoing Kalen DeBoer, who went to Washington. I think this one makes sense. Uh, when you know uh, Tedford took over in 2017, the team had just gone one and eleven the year before, and he went ten and four, twelve and two, and then four and eight. So yeah, one bad year there, but still overall that three year tenure, given what he inherited, was great. And he only left because of health issues. It's not like he got fired. So if, yeah. if he's healthy and ready to go, then let's run it back. Yeah, I like Wasn't that. It, the, he, he, it was like go for it. the biggest turnaround in history, right? Yeah, yeah. 1 and 11 that, to 10 and 4. I, that, that nine yeah. win jump, that might be the biggest see how ever. You can get better than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you could have that a 10 win jump, Brian. That, you, that would be better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Uh, the next. The next one, let me see here. We got, oh no, who else do we got? We Ryan, got more. Ryan, I got, you, you got one. Yeah, I got, I got one. Is uh, Colorado State has found their next head coach after firing Steve Adazio. 
Um, they got Jay Norvell. They hired Jay Norvell from Nevada, who had a good successful run there. And if I have Colorado State, like that's a good hire. I mean, he obviously had a very a lot of success there in Reno, and he's been a coach forever. He's been in the Big Twelve for a long time, and I mean, he knows what he's doing. So I'd be happy, and he might bring a couple of guys with him actually from Nevada, and maybe their backup quarterback who was. Uh, doing pretty well but anywho uh good salt hire and good for novell who's going to get a pay bump and uh that's a good good spot for him yeah go to a program that is more invested in in yep. in football so makes sense yep. all parties um next thing we have bronco mendenhall stepped down at virginia this one kind of came out of nowhere uh what are your thoughts trey yeah i mean he said he even said his his wife was a little stunned by this decision um it just Personally, it just seemed like he wanted a refresh, and he claims it wasn't due to their their on-field struggles recently, but I feel like that had to play at least a little role, and maybe it was just he was seeing it was difficult for him to build a sustained winner there. I don't know. that like All that's truly speculative on my part, but it just seemed like he really wanted to, to hit the reboot buttons and recharge. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a little surprising, but... At the same time, like he made a move, what six uh, six years ago or so, that we all thought was surprising, leaving yeah. BYU for Virginia. That was like weird. Like what? Bronco Mendenhall's going to Virginia? So it's not the first time we've been surprised by Bronco. Yeah, and and apparently the uh, the leading candidate right now I heard is Anthony Poindexter, uh, the co defensive coordinator for Penn State. He he played and coached for Virginia for a long time. Um, so Penn State might be losing both of their defensive coordinators yeah. one to virginia tech and one yeah. to virginia we'll we'll see weird um all right. like i just mentioned yeah steve adazio has gone yeah steve adazio has <laughs> gone and sorry well i don't think we ever mentioned that david cutcliffe is out at duke um i think we might have missed yeah. that it's um, quiet yeah i mean we we of course knew that it happened but we didn't didn't put it on our outline for one of these podcasts mm-hmm. we're bound to miss tony one elliott these. tony elliott apparently seems like uh a strong candidate there uh, of course the clemson offensive coordinator so yeah it was obviously time for Cutcliffe to go they had they had fallen too far yep yep okay last thing we want to do here is uh is go back over some of the other conference championship games that we didn't get to yet uh let's start with utah dominating oregon again 38 to 10 what do you see in that one ryan what were the odds makers thinking in this one, Mike? Right? Yeah, they're just, like, they're dumb. It was a dumb line. They, we already I, saw it. We already saw this game, and they crazy. <laughs> what was crazy. any better that took Utah? <laughs> what were you thinking? Come on, what I mean, took moron. Oregon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was on the Utes. Thank you very much. I was on uh, Oregon. Uh, yeah, Michael and I were guilty <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> at least. I didn't put any real yeah. money on it; just my reputation. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> which is worth nothing. No, that's true. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, you kind of said it, man. Utah really just dominated here. There was nothing much to talk. It was over at halftime again. Same thing like last time. It was game was over. Uh, you know, uh, Utah sacked Anthony Brown four times. Was dominated on the ground. It's the, it was the same thing. First Pac-12 yeah, I mean, championships was, for Whittingham. Yeah, it is. I'm happy yeah. for him getting a Pac-12 title. And like, sure. I was like the odds makers. I tried not to overreact to that first game in Salt Lake, but it was clearly more the same. And <laughs> Anthony Anthony Brown, man, he just couldn't really put the ducks over the top this year. No. Nah. No, he couldn't. All right, moving on to the Conference USA title. Western Kentucky played at Texas San Antonio UTSA. It was an exciting game. UTSA pulled it out 49-41. Uh, the Roadrunners, man, they capped off an incredible regular season. Uh, they win the title, finish 12 and one. 
Bailey Zappi, he tried tried to do what he could. He threw for 577 yards, but the Hilltoppers, they couldn't stop Sincere McCormick. He ran for over 200, and uh, Western Kentucky did come back. They were down 42-20 in the third, and they ended up getting one last Hail Mary attempt, but of course it fell short. Okay, uh, Mountain West Championship, Utah State at San Diego State, and easy win for the Aggies, 46-13. Logan Bonner at quarterback had a great game. Um, just a crazy season uh, in his first year for uh, Blake Anderson at Utah State. He, of course, left Arkansas State just for change of scenery. And their season win total, Utah State's season win total before the year, I think, was three. And they ended up going 10-3, which just nuts. I, and won the conference. I'm wow. surprised we haven't uh, heard his name more uh, just with this coaching carousel. You know, his name doesn't really come up. And I this heard was someone a, mentioned him with Oregon, but no, it'd no, be a I didn't. I didn't. No one said that. <laughs> All right, and and this was a uh, a conference that had a lot of production coming back. Like you know, Fresno was supposed to be good. San Jose State was supposed to be good. You know, uh, who else was Nevada? There? Nevada, yeah. Nevada. I mean, it was it was it was not a weak conference. So Air that, Force, yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anywho, good for them. Uh, all right, next game, we had the Sun Belt uh, Championship. App State was playing at Louisiana. Uh, and this was a good game to f- kind of say adios to Billy Napier. Um, kind of a typical Louisiana game. They won a relatively, well, it was close. It was 24 to 16 uh, it was the final score. And their defense was really good. Uh, they kind of really gave Chase Bryce, uh, quarterback for App State, a lot of trouble. He didn't have a good game at all. Levi Lewis, the quarterback for Louisiana, like he was solid, not amazing. Uh, he ran the ball pretty well and just kind of managed the game is what he does. Um, so it was really, honestly, it was fitting in for Billy Napier and just, I mean, a great cap to kind of his great career there. Indeed. And then we have the MAC championship. Northern Illinois dominated the the title game against Kent State. Rock, Rocky Lombardi, he didn't have a good game through the air, but he ran for three scores. And the Huskies, they led wire to wire. Uh, the MAC, it's traditionally one of the most wide open conferences each year, but Northern Illinois was about as big of a surprise as, as there is. They were 0 6 last year. And I read that they, they had the second youngest roster in college football this season, but wow. managed to, to pull it out. That's crazy. Yeah. They, uh, I, they were what? They were more than 50 to 1. Was it like. I don't know. They were very, very long or sixty to one yeah. to win to win the conference. Uh, and Mac, man, you never they know. did it. All right, last game we have the ACC championship: Pitt against Wake Forest. Pitt won forty-five to twenty-one. Ryan, that they did. Yeah, it was a um, you know twenty-one fourteen game at the end of the first quarter, and Wake was winning. And you know, I, everybody was thinking. I was thinking, okay, this game's going to be like seventy to sixty-five or something. Like some just insanely high score, but wake didn't score again uh they didn't score in their final three quarters which is just it was weird um sam hartman struggled uh but so pitt just ended up cruising cody pickett was awesome or cody pickett <laughs> <laughs> surprised we haven't done that before cody Pitt, old washington you quarterback yourself, for, right? four, for four years we've been talking yourself. about pickett wow Four years we talked about him. <laughs> Probably the last time I mentioned his name. <laughs> Boom, I say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anywho, they won 45-21. Kenny Pickett had a um, a kind of a cheapskate game uh, run there. I didn't. I don't like that. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, the pretend, fake slide. Oh. I hate that. that was, they, okay. That, that's got to be a just unsportsmanlike but it was, next It time. was awesome, though. Like, it was cool it was, to do. Hey, the, good for him for doing it. I don't like it, though. 
No, it's it is unfair to the defense yeah. for sure because yeah. he's, he's essentially starting the slide. So you're not yeah, yeah you're you're taught of course not to hit him. It's dangerous and uh, exactly. he used it against him. Yeah, he, I had never and seen it. That was pretty good. If you haven't caught it, caught on, Ryan's word of the day is anywho. So oh, no. I haven't caught on to that. Uh oh, oh, it's been it's yeah. Well, there's uh, worse words out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's true uh but no i came away from this acc title first of all like it was weird not watching uh a title with clemson you know not rolling over a inferior opponent but it was just it was crazy to see pitt stymie sam hartman so much and and force those picks and, and i know it stings for for wake but hey they had a record year 10 wins they're ranked heading into the bowl game like they would have easily taken that heading into the season yep and kenny pickett cemented his uh heisman finalist you know he's so it's it's him uh bryce young who of course will win it cj stroud from ohio state and then aiden hutchinson at michigan so i know all the talk is will anderson getting snubbed so yeah well we we know how that goes defensive players it's tough on them yes it is um all right well that'll do it anywho That'll do it for this episode <laughs> of the College Football Bros. If ding, you want to support ding. the show, sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash college football bros. Uh, we're going to record an episode in the next couple of days where we, a Patreon episode, where we're going to compete against each other in a fantasy draft with the goal of building the best offense using only players who've played since the year 2000. So we've already prepped for that. I am... I. It's been a long time since I've been this excited for an episode. So looking forward to it was that. my what idea. Pre- thank you. It was, it was Ryan's idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. I'll give you credit for that. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. And at first you said it. I'm like, nah, yeah. And yeah, then, you did. You shot it down. And then I was like, wait, actually, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, would appreciate your support and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, Email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.